Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mark. And I'm Paul. And we're back. We are back. And we're back with someone else who's coming back. Yes. The legend, the myth, the man, Stephen Ware. Stephen of the Wares. Thanks for having me back. I thought you were going to lock the doors when I left last time. <laughs> we should have done. Well, we, we could have done. But, uh, you know, we just thought we'd let you out. Just so that you could, we could say that you've come back. Because otherwise, yeah. well, we really wanted to say you've come back. Yeah, guess who's back. And you know, Yeah, kind of M&M style. Mm. And, and, you know, since that, for a bit of information for Steve, after hitting that bonus oh, shot. That was huge. It's... We're actually going to call it the Stevie Ware. We've, well, we've now called it the Stevie Ware bonus shot. Mm. Yeah, we're going to have a leaderboard. I think we should have a leaderboard. And at the moment, you're at the top of that leaderboard, Steve. You're, well, hang see, on. So you're one from three. Well, but what the see, listeners don't appreciate is after you went one for three, mm. our esteemed host, Paul, Paul, took a few shots. Mm. When I say a few, how many would you say that was, Steve? Ooh. I mean, I ran out of fingers and toes pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, and it's, I ran out of your fingers and toes as well. I'm a pressure player, oh. so I do it under pressure. Are so you looking at my toes and your fingers. Wow. Yeah, I've been biting this one. Watch out. Yeah, I, I, I but just before we guys clear something really important up, I was one for two because no, you're not having that. Those windows when I was in here last time, those windows were open. It was a really blowy day, and that first shot was. One just, of them is still open. Um, you did have both open. That's understandable. But so I'm one for. T- let's let's agree. I'm one for two. Really? Yeah. What? So hang on. Any, if this so, went to court, any self-respecting judge? Really? Is gonna, is gonna we're going. We're going shot. for that. Uh, really? So if you go in a game and you take a shot and you go, hang on, can I just have that as a practice? That's well, no, no, no. Give me. If someone opens the doors and a huge draft comes in, is hang on. Well, we got a ref it. What would happen? What would happen? It, yeah. That's that's a, this is a great way to jump in. What happens in a game if? A lot of them in sports halls and they have like you know the emergency doors quite often yeah. what happens if someone tried to you know sneak in they open the door and a gust comes in that would affect the ball if the ball goes in the ball goes in the ball doesn't go in the ball doesn't go in you can't say ref there's some wind you've got to count that what it did in the darts didn't they yeah why would you no. surely they'd say at least right you got to take it if no you- they really? might they might stop the game and shut the doors, but they're not going to cancel a shot or anything like that. No way. Wow. So yeah, but it, it, from sure a referee's perspective, you're one for three. Uh, well, I think the league needs to learn from this podcast. <laughs> for now, you're yeah. harsh. Well, we need to go to BE with this. I think. I think. Let's go to BE. That's your homework. You got to find out what happens in that. What happens if a bird that was nesting in the rafters flew down? They're gonna yeah. whatever happens, they will count it. They're not gonna not count it. Because what do they do? Well, you know, when the ball lands on the, they do the jump ball usually, don't they? When it, you know, it used to sometimes would land somewhere and it would just. It's on the back of the ring. It's on the back of the ring, yeah. or that's a jump ball. Yeah, that's always jump ball, isn't it? She was saying if it, a, a bird happens to fly in and it hits the ball and it goes You're in, where they say in a sacred place, Boston Garden, I'm sure had a quite a bit of animals. There's got to be animals in in the rafters and things. You know, they can't fumigate everywhere, and well, ev- everything's endangered these days. So, you know, if some, if a, if bats started nesting in your sports hall, yeah, I'm just saying they would. What happens? Well, I know quite a few referees. So let's get one on and ask him. 
what happens that can be question one if someone from the crowd threw something on the game not that i recommend this i don't think anyone should do that they obviously get ejected but that play would get replayed again wouldn't it no that's a technical foul on the home team is it i think it is yeah is it we uh, need a whole referee edition well, yeah, yeah. We need this podcast. yeah. Uh, oh, it definitely is because there was there was um i'm definitely not condoning that and i think that's scummy if anyone does that by the way but yeah there was an example recently in a wow. college game i think within the last year where someone threw something and they didn't mean it and it actually landed on the court and it was like a an extremely close game like 1.2 point technical foul the other team go up wow and they get possession so yeah so it's got to be a deliberate act because i've seen plenty of people drop drinks and stuff no that yeah it's a throw something on yeah. the court and that's what this example was that's good though it's going to really dissuade people from doing it yeah that was that was in a college basketball game in america i mean the 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 nba game in america that sort of ties in with that because on the third quarter at the end of the third quarter that you could have free drinks in the area we were in but in the fourth quarter they wouldn't let you take yeah. drinks into the yeah. stadium because yeah. they'd be like we don't want anything like that happening it's probably all tied in together but yeah, yeah. look let's let's i know i know loads of refs let's get um oh, i don't want to say i don't want to say names but well i'll try and get we'll get some oh, refs on it great i mean we could just ask questions or or and they won't be bat related the whole hour i mean so well this week what, what are we talking about mark i'm just wondering now if someone had a guide dog and the guide dog ran on and got the ball but i was thinking uh, if someone had a guide dog, would they go to a basketball game? No, because they'd be looking in the wrong direction, wouldn't they? Maybe. And the guide dog would be too well behaved to bench behave. Oh. Guide dogs are perfect. They are. Yeah. They wouldn't run on court. Right, we are so off topic, but this yeah. is it's this is a great way to start. Welcome to the podcast. If you haven't listened to any of the shows previously, go back and take a listen. We did one with Steve recently, and we were talking about the infamous Mickey Byrne um, from, you know, Portsmouth League and coaching and uh, today we thought we'd bring Steve back yeah to talk about the Portsmouth Fury I mean definitely from my perspective and local league it's um, it, you know it's quite uh, huge and I know um, a lot of serious players have gone through the Fury um, and some of the like even National League players are training um, with the Fury at the moment so you know, we just thought we'd have an episode where we talk about all the all the old classic funny stories that we've been talking about for the last couple of years, the ones that we're, we're allowed to talk about, um, and see if anyone enjoys it. And also, Steve, I need to apologise, because in our, our last podcast, I was going to play the Stevie Ware song at the end of the podcast. I noticed. And I completely forgot it. I noticed. So it is here waiting and I will press play at any point. Thank you. Are you going to retake the your the, the shots oh, today? Man. Hell no. No? There's no improvement on that. One for two, under that much pressure. I like what you... Yeah. First playing... Sidestep that. One for three. One for one three. One for two. One. Three. You know, under intense pressure. And have you noticed Mark's actually marked out He's the, marked court the court now where yeah, everyone yeah. has to it's take their official. shots from? That's official now. I mean... You're the benchmark. We talked about that million dollar shot last podcast, didn't we? Similar pressure when you're in here. <laughs> I'm not giving anyone a, what a pound. So what we have to do, we're going to have to get a trophy for this. We're going to have to start yeah, videoing these. We are going to have to get a trophy for this. It's got to be videoed. What would we call it? What's the trophy for? Uh, 
I've got a few, but they're they're rude already. The money shot. Yeah, the money shot. The Portsmouth. If someone gets it, if someone gets shot. it first attempt, that's the money that's shot. The money shot. Surely. Yeah. Oh, I think would if they hit the first ones, you just stop there. Well, what what so four, what's it called three. in the NBA All Star game when they have the they got the money ball? But they've mm-hmm. got those other ones as well now, haven't they? Oh, it's worth four points. Yeah. Oh, like the luminous green ball. Yeah, that bonus ball weird thing. I don't know what that's called, but the let's promote three pointers ball. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll call it the money shot. So, Steve, Ports yeah. of Fury. Yeah. I mean, you must be proud of the Ports of Fury as co-founder in 1989, and the Fury's still going. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it started started at a dining room table in your mum's house at 1989 we were sitting around and we thought we want to create a team we want to create a team and just have some fun that was all it was let's just have some fun and play and we were playing I mean we were playing a lot we were we were obsessed with basketball but like Andrew and I would build actually we got this from Mick's son Alex so when we went to see Mick, uh, Mickey once at his house in Gosport and Alex said come over and we'll, we'll play some he said, I've got a hoop outdoor hoop. So we went over there and Alex gets this thing out of the garage and it's like a scaffolding pole. Not pole, sorry, not a scaffolding pole. A wooden scaffolding plank. And then he bolted a backboard to it and he bolted a ring to it. So we all carried it over to this local field. We rest it up against the side of this fence, tie it up with some rope. Just playing, we're all hanging on this and dunking on this and shooting this and... Andy and I were like, wow, this is cool. So we came back, went down the local scrapyard, and we said, is there any spare scaffold planks? And the guy's like, yeah, they've all got a little bit of a split in them or whatever, but you take one of them. So I remember, I remember trying to carry it back. It was just by Fratton Park, which is probably a 20-minute walk from my house. How old were you and Andrew then? Probably 15. Okay. Yeah, fairly young. And we couldn't afford to hire courts and stuff. And there weren't there weren't really outdoor courts then, I don't think. No. If you look around there, there's a lot of outdoor courts now. There weren't really 35 years ago. So I can remember trying to cross like two main roads with this with this scaffold plank. Cars stopping, like I mean it's a quite a big thing, like getting bit by cars and stuff. We got it back and we got a wooden backboard and we got a hoop from somewhere. And we used to um we used to put it up against the garages where where your mum was living. Tie it, open up and just play. Much, yeah. much to the annoyance of the neighbours. Yeah. And of course you named it. We it named was, it the Spectrum. Yeah, Spectrum. It's written Spectrum on the way down on the board, wasn't it? Because we couldn't agree. Because Andy was a, what, a Detroit fan. I was a Boston fan. I wanted it to be the garden. He wanted yeah, it to be that, the palace. Yeah, that lame beer pe- poster. You yeah. walk into his room yeah, and that yeah. lame beer poster was on the wall there. Yeah. That friendly, cuddly... But the f- well-behaved player. Yes, the funniest story I remember about that hoop is, so we were kids and we were. I mean, I can understand it now as an older guy. We used to annoy the hell out of the neighbours, bouncing balls every night, <laughs> bang bang, entire bang, summer bang, holidays yeah, like, till ten o'clock at night. The neighbours were like, "Geez, like, do you ever get?" And so we, at a certain point, we left. We used to rotate it around the different sort of garages. I can remember dragging it round to another garage set of garages, and. Um, a woman opened the window at us and started screaming out and saying, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Right? So this is what happened. This is how cunning and Andy was. So 
we know there's a guy who used to live in our road called Clay, Mr. Clayton. Um, James Clayton, I think his name is. Anyway. Dave. David Clayton. You're right. Good memory. Uh, anyway, his dad was a policeman. So I can remember I can remember Andy saying, come with me, come with me. And I said, where are we going? He says, just, just got to do this. So we go up to knock his, <laughs> knock Dave Clayton's house. I thought, oh, he's asking Dave to come and play. Dave won't, didn't play basketball. I thought, what's he asking? Anyway, we knock, ring the doorbell. Dave answers. He says, he says, hello, lads. He says, um, you all right? And he says, yeah, is your dad there? He says, yeah. He says, can you get him? Goes in, his dad's eating his dinner and watching TV. He's like, who is it? He says, Andrew and Steve. He's like, oh, what do they want? Anyway, he comes to the door and he says to him, Mr. Clayton, um, would you mind if we went and played basketball in the set of garages like 100 metres away? And he looks at us as if like, no. What? If you want to see disturb my dinner to ask me if <laughs> I, if you can, two random kids can go and play basketball in a set of garages I don't even care about. So he's like, that's fine, of course, I don't, I don't care what you do. Go and do whatever you want. Leave me alone. Shut the door. We walked off, we started playing. Woman opens the window again, screams out. She says, uh, blah, 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 I'm going to call the police. And Andy says, actually, we've spoken to the police and they've given us permission to play here. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well wow. played. And the window shut. <laughs> no police turned up. Wow. And that was that's the birth of the Port that of Fury. That was the birth of the Fury. So yeah, so since then, I mean, we we created a proper club, um, and it's just kind of hung around. Thanks to and thanks largely to Andrew. I mean, I can't take much credit for this if I'm honest. I was there at the start. I played a lot. It's Andrew's team. Maybe we'll get him on. Yeah, hopefully at some point. Um, but he's really been the driving force behind it, and it's been uh, it's been a huge passion for him and all of us just to be able to get everyone together, have a laugh, play keep us out of mischief keep fit and just do something we love for years well you guys said you were the in previous podcast you mentioned originally you were called force yeah we wanted force yeah and then you went to fury yeah do you have any other names in the pot before fury came in um only ridiculous ones that andrew would come up with <laughs> oh, like the ports for pistons wow pp that pp with the ports for pistons in there <laughs> probably Bet you had too the, many, kind of too many P's in there. I bet you had the Portsmouth Celtics. Did you put that no, one forward? I think I did, but I wanted us to play in green. That's for sure. No. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Green doesn't go with anything, man. No. Well, you got a green microphone and a green cable. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't suit anything. It, this is a, this is like acid green, though. That's you know you can get away with that. There's the Celtics green. No. The the one thing you have to say about the Celtics if they've got one of the best logos had. In the NBA. What do you mean, had? Well, they don't use that. They don't wheel it out that much, do really? they? Really? Like the little leprechaun with his walking stick and... Yeah, a little Yoda. He, he was the, one of the reasons I just like following the Celtics. It's just an amazing logo. Great logo, terrible mascot. What is the mascot? Him. The mascot's a guy called Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say terrible. That's not probably being a bit harsh, but he's, he's just like a guy whose face you can see normal guy he's, he's quite athletic actually he does like the half time he'll do the like tumbling on trampolines you know where they come off trampolines and dunk it like kind of yeah. stuff he joins in with that but if I think about something like the Orlando Magic mascot stuff 
No, you can't. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's like a he's like a show in itself. Like you you pay yeah. them, you pay a ten dollar ticket just to go in and watch him. Yeah, yeah. Falling down the stairs, winding the crowd up, doing stupid things, climbing up step ladders. I mean, this this guy's a. You know, we're talking about it for the maybe we for the force as it evolves and and grows, but. Um, yeah, mascots can be a huge part of the game and add so much. I think he's actually based on the Phillies uh, baseball mic. Oh, I think you might be right, yeah. Sorry, I said mic, I meant mascot. Like yeah, the Phillies yeah, yeah. baseball mic, they're the same colour, he's got a pointed nose, and I think the same guy who created the Phillies mascot created stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because you had the... Oh, who was who's the gorilla? Because they Phoenix, it's Phoenix, Phoenix isn't it? And then um, there's the other one. There's like three of them. And it's all that almost they always sort of bring out whenever they talk and or they show the mascots. You always see stuff and you always see the gorilla. Yeah. And they tend to be some of the more acrobatic. Oh yeah, they're proper ones. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Andy actually showed me a picture of the. He said, "Who do you think this picture is?" And I was like, "Is that the guy who plays stuff?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You could even in his face." He's got, you know, a mask on everything. He's like, 100%, that's the guy. Oh, well. It's just the weirdest thing. You think, oh, yeah, that stuff. And he said, yeah, he's like an acrobat, a gymnast. Mm. And you go, there yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. Like falling 15 foot off or something in a big padded suit. You go, what? And then just gets back up and wanders off. <laughs> so, I think if anyone can get close to bringing what stuff brings to a game, then you're going to win a ticket, really. Watch this space, you know. Well, we'll see. I, we, we are trying to get a mascot. It's very difficult to get it because it's like, where do you get it from? It's extremely expensive in the UK. And then in the States, it's one of those things when you get it abroad, you know, what's going to turn up? Are you going to spend a lot of money and mm, it's hard. a yeah. poor suit turns up kind of thing? Got to get the fundamentals right first as well. Right? What about putting just toilet paper yourself? Stand at the top of the and stairs. Saying you're a mummy? Uh, yeah, exactly. You're the mummy. You're the undead. Come back oh. to watch the game. And then I can push you down the stairs. There's the, I mean, you won't be able to do it more than once, but something for the crowd. Well, let's, I think we should put that on the back burner. <laughs> so, so Steve, Ports of Fury, mm. favorite, favorite moments, classic stories. Favorite moments. They're probably all on the away games, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I want to say everything's kind of based on the away games. That's yeah. where all the fun happened, isn't it? Football fans always say that, don't they? Football fans always go, oh, the away trips are the best trips. I don't know. I, I suppose because you're traveling together. Because if it's a home game, you get there by yourself pretty much, don't you? Yeah. You play the game. You may go and do something after, but probably not. There's a weeknight. There's a bit of camaraderie. There's more, you're together home, more in an away game. You're all, you're in cars together, and then you're traveling together, and you probably get some food on the way home. Yeah, it's a proper road trip, isn't it? It is. I, I think you hit it, camaraderie. It is, because one of the big problems I remember from playing was the numbers on an away game yeah and that was always the challenge it was like how many cars we're going to go in i always ended up driving yes sometimes i believe there may have been an incident or two where you may or may not have been in my car boot pool just to get us to a oh, certain place to meet up for legal purposes that never happened that never, never happened but it might have been just to pop around the corner perhaps but just yeah, we did have a lot and we had at one point i remember near the start in Solent League we had a lot of spectators coming I think we might have like had like 20 odd people with us once for an away game we've had people turn up but it, it, it it's interesting that when you go to the team and you think we're the only ones who are there 
So on the bench, we were noisier. Mm. And yeah, we were quite a noisy bench, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. And we'd all be sort of cheering and egging each other on. So it was the camaraderie in it. And then, of course, afterwards, we'd go do the obligatory. The McDonald's. Wow. I mean, the we McDonald's. I mean, I would, we were talking about this the other day and we were speculating that maybe the Ports of Fury has had an effect on McDonald's as a global corporation <laughs> with their drive through <laughs> policy. Yeah. Yep. Can you remember well, they that? Used, they used to have a walkthrough policy, didn't they? It, well, you, you're not allowed to do it anymore, do, are you? So just to put some context into this, we used to, on our way travels, there was always the same McDonald's that we, we stopped off at. Um, we used to joke around with the, the you know the staff, so we would go in, let's imagine, take 15 fairly tall guys, we'd go right in front of the tills, all getting a big huddle, put our hands in, one, two, three, cheeseburgers. <laughs> And um, and then turning around, cheeseburger, please, cheeseburger, please, and they'd be like, "What has just happened?" And we were doing all these chants just before we asked for our food. And I remember the one week we got there, and we were a little bit later, and they were like, "Look, the drive-throughs open. You can't come in because they knew it was like twenty guys coming in and just taking over the restaurant. Uh, but you can go through the drive-through." And we were like, "All right." So we walked through the drive-through and there was there must have been twi- over 20 of us because this was the days where like heavy d was turning up to watch and um there was a lot of us there there was there was a full squad and some others probably th- and the f- squad doubled again people watching i'd say and everyone was lined up in this mcdonald's drive-through that's what where we call it the the famous fury walkthrough yeah and no word of a lie by the time everyone got served there was a queue of cars actually going out of mcdonald's going down a main road for <laughs> oh, i don't know how far it was but yeah i mean i guess they the, should have uh, just let us in i guess the framing on that is we individually ordered it wasn't it wasn't 15 people and we're going yeah we're going to get a group order yeah it was we each individually went yeah. window to window and uh yeah so it was their fault really they literally could have just let us in but they decided they were going to shut do it early you, and... do you think steve that mcdonald's took that example and then that they changed their walkthrough policy without like, question globally without question yeah that's what i, I can thinking. imagine it being discussed in board meetings yeah for sure do you think in those board meetings they would have mentioned the, the words portsmouth fury absolutely wow why, why wouldn't you Set i mean the standard when we start talking about um, playing days as well, um, I know the one we always talk about is Simon Foot. His his shot. I mean, do you want to run through that one? So that was a away game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was away Salisbury or something like that. Weymouth. It was Hive. Somewhere out the west. That way. I can remember. I can remember someone counting down the time. Like someone on our team shouting out, five, four. But the away team had the, the ball, The away didn't team they? had the ball. And someone shouting the clock running down. So they sort of panicked and launched something. From the halfway line, wasn't it? Yeah. The long way back, yeah. It was an air ball. Fell short. So Simon, I think pretty much in one motion, didn't he just catch it? and? Yeah, well, I was just to his left on the court. And he actually caught it behind the backboard as he pulled it back. Oh, yeah. He caught it 
behind the backboard. And then kind of swung like a like a discus thrower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was that and just sort of half spin from the hip. <laughs> he launched it up. Like a softball kind of one and they ring it up and Yeah. But the twist on the story is it, how, how it, much time it, was left on the clock? Oh yeah, it was like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in the third or something. But it was backboard it was backboarding in, wasn't it? Was it? I remember it as a swish, but oh, okay. that's my distorted memory. But yeah, I remember them then getting the ball and running maybe to the halfway line and launching up another shot <laughs> and then someone catching it. And that's when I work out why Andrew's going nuts as coach. He's like, still two minutes left. Yeah. And you're like, why are we shooting buzz beaters? <laughs> it's like you see the clips on Instagram where everyone's just starts shooting in the wrong net and the entire court is completely confused. I think it was in the same season where one of our guys was at the, the free throw line. He shot his second shot and one of the opponents caught the ball, just naturally oh, yeah. went up, yeah. scored. And then as soon as it went in, he was like, damn, what did I just do? <laughs> I high-fived him. Cheers, mate. Yeah, because that counts. Yeah, that's um, it's not a good day, is it? <laughs> Thing is, though, all those, all those home games that we played as well, Although, although you didn't have the road trip element, you still had the camaraderie often of, are we going to go somewhere afterwards or we can do in the afterwards? But most home games were at PGS. Yeah, and we started quite late. Yeah. We start yeah. quarter to nine or something, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, half but, eight, half eight, yeah, maybe. By the, time half eight. by the time we finished, Only Mickey Burner be upstairs having his curry delivered to the bar <laughs> yeah. and having his post-match drink. Yeah. And we'd have a chat to him and go, really. Yeah. But yeah, well, that was that was the downside. But then, I think the the nice thing about the Fury in particular was the at practices. There was a, a social side to that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Apart, and I'm not just talking about like Andy's hour and a half speech after. Oh, more practice. so, more so, like 10, 20 years ago. Definitely, yeah. like we were going out, like regularly all yeah. together as a team yeah. that was the thing though it was a social club and we touched on this on the last podcast didn't we is, is your is your club just out to win at all costs and or is it more inclusive more about having fun playing and being with your mates and yeah and the fury is kind of a very thin line with that so mm. i think it we try to win of course try to give everyone time but at the same time like for example when we played the the two cup games or the the, the playoff final um, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago um, literally in the start I was like guys we're playing to win like yeah, forget court time if you come on you're performing you're staying on if, if you're having a bad day forget it we're playing to win and you Got know what be, yeah. I think as as a player if you get told where you stand well you, you know where you stand like mm. if, if I'm not playing well you know I'm not going to get charity minutes isn't it mm. I think mean, that touches on what we were speaking about previously with Mick saying you know, perform you perform Yeah. if you're not you're touching the pine but uh, you know all of the teams have had lots of players uh, I think Fury is one of those teams that's had quite a, a consistent stream of players a lot of international players yeah. as well loads of internationals I think uh, there, was, there was a big portion where you had quite a few uh of the Greek players, yeah, yeah, and they were hilarious because they were obviously speaking Greek to each other, and yep. 
you know, they were telling me that their language was very colourful and we learned a few words and yeah. we, we now know what they're saying in the games. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that, that was that was great fun. And obviously it's such a massive sport in Greece. But when you... When some, you know, sometimes people forget when you look at something like basketball and you think, oh, it's an American game. Yeah, but in Greece, it's, I think, the national sport. Lithuania's number one sport. Oh, Lithuania's number one sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eastern Europe. And, and you always, when I say people forget, but they sometimes compartmentalise it and just don't think of it that way. Whereas mm. the Fury have had quite a lot of international oh, players. Yeah. Good German players. Yep. Yeah, we're all thinking of different countries now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm just thinking, yeah, you can take quite a few. Not many American players, actually. More so recently, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you could talk about that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we, we can all hope. Angel will come on here and we can hear all the stories you know he's got I, you know what I just just thought of one and um, he can verify verify this um, if he comes on but I remember on one of those away trips being in McDonald's yeah on the way back <laughs> and <laughs> do you know what I'm going to say um, yes yeah. 100% and um, Angie went in a cubicle and was just you know just going to uh, go to the toilet and Use he he put his mobile phone and some change mm. um on the like where the um cistern 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 yeah, cistern toilet thing yeah and um yeah because he had to use a disabled lid didn't he i think for some reason i can't remember uh, yeah it was probably i think they'd cleaned it or something the, he probably viewed it the cleanest yeah, yeah. but the legend the one and only known as mickey byrne phoned him and his phone vibrated so much everything flew in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Pound coins in. I remember pan. seeing it going. Oh, uh, you. What, that was you, the only money he had for a McFlurry as well. Yeah. And and this is where we need to ask him the question. Mm. He did buy a McFlurry. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, that was where it. that money came Somehow. from, we don't know. We don't but know. we all Nobody left knows. him to it in there, and Nobody he came knows. out and he had money. So. Yeah. And then um, we were seeing the hand is in the pan. Yeah, hand is in the pan. Yeah. He did, he did not appreciate that. But I mean, that hand How in the that pan, little song that we came up with. from in that water up to his hand and became dry. Uh, maybe he had some more change and we didn't know about it. Must have them. No. But I remember, be a logical explanation. I remember him not cursing Mick a little bit. He was like, Mick, bloody phone me. And my mind's rolling in the toilet. <laughs> we had some good time. We played in some strange places. I remember playing in um, a prison. Yeah, that was Kingston Prison. I was quite, I was quite young. I was, I was really young. Kingston. Just to just to tell everybody, this is in Kingston Prison in Portsmouth, rather than not Kingston, London, not Kingston. But yeah, that was that was we were that was nineties no, time. You know, I I, I remember like seven, eight, quite yeah. young, and I, I I remember going in there. I don't think I played much, but I remember feeling really, really intimidated. I was on yeah. the bench, hundred percent. Really intimidated. Well, we got a few catcalls as we walked in. Do you remember? So we walked in, and there yeah. was this kind of courtyard that was surrounded by like the cells. Cells, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, they are. And people could look yeah. out, and yeah. there were there were a lot of people shouting. And the Killing Kingston. Yeah, and the and the team name was Killers. Yeah, King, Kingston Killers. And I think, nice. I mean, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but Ooh, my understanding fuzzy. is if you go there, you're a lifer at that time. Uh, I can remember a guy coming in right at the start, coming into our change room. He said, first thing he said was. Um, I'm gonna lock you in here. Yes, in the change rooms. Yeah, to lock us in. I'm gonna yeah. lock you guys in because I don't want anyone coming in and anything happening. And everyone, we're like, uh, okay. 
So he said, I'll, I'll give you 10 minutes to get changed. I'm going to lock it. And then I'll be back. And then he came back and he's like, right, the rules are don't ask anyone why they're in here. That's number one. Don't ask anybody why they're in here. If they start talking to you, okay, don't start asking a question about why they're in here. Just come in, shake the hand, play the game. I can remember us thinking, what do we do? Do we just like let them win? We, we just want to get out of here alive is what I was thinking. I just want to get out of here in one piece. Look, I was a defensive player. I'm not an offensive player. All I did was ruffle some feathers, maybe take a charge or second a couple of hard picks. I did not want to go in there because it's like, that's what my game is based on and they're going to kill me. Yeah, it was very intimidating. Luckily though, we didn't have to worry about any of that because Will came along and Will brought yes. his own cheerleaders apparently because didn't realise that apparently in a prison it wasn't appropriate to bring a couple of females with miniskirts. My understanding is he came <laughs> he came straight from a club. Yeah. So he turned up from a club with two girls, very short skirts. Yeah. Mumbling dresses. And they walked in and we got to the very front gates of Kingston and I remember the, the prison uh, uh, officers there just saying, if they come in, there will be a riot. <laughs> You can't come in. You yeah. can't bring those girls in. There will be a riot. Yeah. Um, Do you remember the guy scoring as well? So we played out. It was outside, wasn't it? An outside court. Yes. And one of their people, I think it was probably one of their players, actually. So one of the inmates was keeping the score. And yeah. we were winning, I think, at halftime. It was relatively close. We were beating them. And then we changed ends half time. And the guy who was putting the score up just didn't change. He was putting our scores on, putting, on yeah, theirs. He was, yeah, yeah, he was putting our scores on it. So I was thinking, are we going to tell him this? Or are we just going to let him? I and no one, no one told him. Yeah, it was and the wrong way around. I think they ended up, didn't they end up beating us? I think they won by like one or two points. Yeah. It was very close. And we were like, oh, well done, guys. They, they weren't. <laughs> We've got to go. They, to play to, from you know and just seeing the people they weren't nasty or anything no they were a bit rough around the edges in the sense they were they weren't they weren't sophisticated players if you know what i mean they were they yeah. were quite rough and ready a bit clumsy a bit i guess they weren't playing very often with yeah. other people to be fair no but you know there's you know, i want to say nicely segues into some of the more colorful games that the fury have had mm. so teams uh, like uh Millbrook, for example. And oh, I mean, Millbrook in the days we used to, I mean, it was like, get ready. We kind of went into there. I would say the Kingston prison was probably the most intimidating. And to go from Kingston to Millbrook, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, with Millbrook and Southampton, it really was turn up, get ready for a fight almost. But it was sense, the it? Portsmouth-Southampton rivalry, wasn't yeah, it? It was that yeah. same. Yeah. Which was strange because you don't tend to get it. Um national league really but no not 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 a huge like you can sit next but it, it, the millbrook days felt like you were going in a lion's den yeah. almost you know yep. there would be fans who were very vocal um yep. even southampton university it was quite similar um yeah they, they could were, be quite nasty the crowds at uni yeah teams as well, they, they were drinking and they'd bring their drinks in that was mm. southampton where, where they had the bleacher at the top wasn't it yeah. One where it's, yeah, that's the one I didn't like because they'd be up at the top there and all you'd hear is, you just hear 
yeah. the, the abuse coming down. But yeah, he's like, yeah. I can't really see who it is who's yeah. slagging me off up there. But you could just, you knew it was up there somewhere. And, and, and they just turn up when they liked and shot off when they liked sort of thing. It's, mm. yeah. it's nice when you get to at least meet your accuser on face-to-face -face <laughs> rather than hear someone just hurling intense, abuse from a distance. It? Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but there was a player who played for Southampton University and he must have been around the area as well because he was playing for them for oh, like six, seven years. So he must have gone to university there, stayed there and just carried on playing for them. And like literally every game we hated each other like as players we hated each other and every game i mean i remember throwing a ball at the back of his head once wow in a game but was, we just we just generally hated like Larry each other Bird, Bill Lambic, it was like that it was a hundred percent like that we just we it was it was going to end with both of us being chucked out of game one of you us both, being chucked wo out both of game. woke up and chose violence that day yeah is this and is this someone else on the team or your brother? No, no. This is <laughs> another player in Southampton. And do you know what he said to me? And we had a we had a away game in Southampton, and we did the you know the usual before the game go up and shake their hands. Mm. And he shook my hands, put his arms around me, and gave me a cuddle. And he said, "I'm leaving the Southampton area." I've absolutely loved playing against you and I'm always going to remember playing against you and I've really enjoyed the rivalry. Wow. And it was bizarre because it just absolutely, my mindset just went, what? And mm. that, that last game was the nicest game we were to each other. It was like, yeah, nice shot. Yeah, good. It was it was an absolute bizarre moment. I mm. always remember it. I don't know his name, but um, yeah, That's bizarre, interesting, isn't it? I was, I was watching a thing on Netflix Mystery about caller. quarterbacks. NFL quarterback. I don't watch NFL, but this kind of piqued my interest. <clears throat> and there's a guy called Patrick Mahomes, I think. Is he the mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback? And one of the things he said, which I thought was interesting, um, he said he's super friendly to his opponents. Oh, yeah. So he'll go up to the opposing quarterback and say, great player, you know, you guys are great today. Will they win or lose? And he's super friendly to everybody because he says, let's see what you think of this, Paul Ben, on what you just said. He says, if he's nice to people, it just takes off a little bit of their competitive edge. So, you know, you know, sometimes yeah. a lot of people to, to perform at a high level, they want a lot of champions, a lot of people, they thrive off abuse from the other team. Or, you know, if somebody says something about beating this team, they'll put up, pin it up in the dressing room and say, listen, this, this is what these guys have said. They're going to they're gonna beat us. They're going to hammer us into the ground. They're going to do this. We ain't having that. We're going to go out and beat them. And it, and it kind of gets that male drive, that macho thing going. Whereas if you actually like the guy in the, in the locker room, the opposing locker room, how much of that yeah, fierce... There's, there's a great thing on that from Kevin Garnett. And it, I think he was talking about... Um, oh, come on. It's Tim Duncan. And yeah. he said he could not rile Tim Duncan. And obviously Kevin Garnett was super hyperactive and he yeah, loved yeah. trash talking yeah. and getting he said whatever he did he hated playing Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan would just be like eh. and he just would never rise to it never take the bait mm. he said it used to get under his skin because he just he would not it just it didn't matter what he threw at him or abuse or anything he's like he, he just rolls off him because yeah. he's like eh, don't worry about it I can remember seeing another thing on Netflix about Usain Bolt oh really there's a great documentary on there yeah and he says he was beating everyone so he'd won every race and every competition he'd won the Olympic golds and the worlds and the 
you know, he was the greatest sprinter of all time. And he said, you know, it's hard when you're a top level athlete and you've got to not party as much as you want, not eat the foods that you love sometimes, blah, 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 not ever, ever, ever drink. And he said, once you've won everything, it's hard to stay as hungry and to want it as much. But he said the things that kept him going were the Americans. The Americans would trash talk. And I forget the name of the, there was one sprinter, get his name in particular who there was Tyson Gay was one of the yeah, was around one that time of, yeah and there was another guy I can't remember we can find it um, and he got done for drugs I think and then came back and was allowed to compete again anyway he was basically to try and throw um, Bolt off his game they were, they were trash talking in the, in the press and saying you know he should never have qualified for this game so I think there was one Olympics that the Jamaicans sent him to where he didn't sort of officially qualify, but he had a bad injury. And so Jama- Jamaican rules say, we're going to send you because we know you're our best sprinter. We're going to send you and you're going to get recovered and you're going to be... But in America, I think I think they have sort of brutal trials before the Olympics and whoever wins those trials goes. So you could be the greatest sprinter in history, but if you don't finish in those trials high enough, they don't send you to the Olympics. So they were, they were moaning the Yanks saying, oh, you know, if he was in America, he never would have been even sent to these Olympics and all this kind of stuff. And Bolt said, I love this. Like He said, that is all I need. I'm going to train harder. I'm going to beat you now. I'm going to show you that I absolutely deserve to be at this Olympics. And he said, that anger, that winding him up is the worst thing you can do. So Mahomes is the complete opposite of that. Because Mahomes says, I'm not going to wind anybody up. I'm going to be such a nice guy. You're not going to have any fuel to hate me. I mean, that sounds like a psychological study right yeah, there, doesn't it? it? Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love it. Well, psychology is huge, isn't it? You could do a whole podcast. I think Michael Jordan did something similar to Charles Barkley, where he bought him a really expensive watch before the playoffs against Phoenix. Yeah. And they said, someone said, why have you just bought Charles Barkley a hundred grand watch? And he went, if he likes me, he's not going to be dear me up just as hard yeah, he's going to he's going to ease off a little bit yeah and they were playing golf weren't they during one of them they played they played a game of yeah. golf during one of the playoffs or something it was like how's that work it's like mm. yeah. but i think the league's got friendlier right whether it's our local leagues oh definitely. or nba leagues i yeah. mean when we were playing in the 80s and 90s you look back in the nba the 80s the bad boy pistons these kind of people i mean proper fights people anyone who's young listening to this go and look up clips of the bad Celtics boys. and Lakers playing each other. People <laughs> just, getting close. People Kurt Rambis. Our test. <laughs> yeah, or Kurt Rambis <laughs> getting clotheslined at the, at the forum. And it's the day when you could punch someone in the face and it was a foul. Just a foul, yeah. 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 You and could literally knock someone to the ground and chuck the ball at them and it's like, that's a personal foul. Yeah. yeah. And like, like Shaq even had his own hackers, Shaq, because it was, he was such a dominant force. All the refs had an agreement. Like, we kind of he's always going to get a, a, a physical or a t- contact because he's so massive and they just sort of like eased off him so he never got fouls called against yeah. him half the time you think it's a bit harsh but I mean they've gone the other way in the NBA now and they're, 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 you know, we're talking about how much better in the local leagues the game is it's probably a lot to do with the refereeing is getting better and people are getting involved look at places like the NBA the refereeing's got worse so Controversial, very controversial. No, I think it's terrible. Some of the refing at the moment, the NBA, just borderline. You think, why am I watching this? Pointless. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, tra- there's a lot. I think traveling is a classic one. You see someone do seven steps, That's and one, yeah. you it's, think, what? I, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's I wouldn't say the refereeing is bad. I think the level of competitiveness is so fine 
that if a referee makes one bad call, it could explode into that ref is terrible. Yeah, I mean, he has had a bad call, but I mean, the one that just came into my mind there was Bill Lane Beer. And he did that um, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh. did a hook shot yeah. and he jumped up and there was no contact whatsoever. Referee called it and they were like, he called it because of the 50 times he did foul him before. Yeah. Um, but potentially that robbed the Pistons of a championship title. Has the Fury ever been robbed of anything? Oh, loads of times, haven't we? Loads yeah. of times. I remember us being up by two points one game in Bournemouth. And for some reason, they didn't have a scoreboard. So the guy on the table had a mobile phone. So the only person who could see his, who see the score, like the time left, yeah. was him. So we're up by two. I think we've just scored, gone up by two. The ref, for whatever reason, turns around and says, right, how long's left on the clock? And he says, one second. There was a timeout, I think, wasn't there? Was it? There was a timeout, so we were like, okay, how long's left? Because you're right, no, we, nobody could see the clock. So he remembers what I'm talking about straight away. Mm. And it was about, it was one second. I think it was one, yeah, just, he might, he might have said 1.2 seconds. Anyway, this was before the days where if you called a timeout, you now advance to the front court. This was the day where you stay in the back court. So he got the ball. They dribbled down the entirety of the court. I think they made one pass, shot it. It was blocked. He got the rebound and then shot it and it went in. In a second. In that 1.2 seconds. Mm. And Fast player. three point play counted. We lost by one. And we're like, there's no way like you've done that. And they were like, no, nope, I have to go by what the timekeeper says. Done. Game over. We lost. That felt like a rob in that one. Oh, it totally was. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are other games as well where we maybe I'd say we got unlucky. I mean, I know the 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 one that gets brought up quite a lot is that quarter final against the Portsmouth um Trez Trez team. Semi final, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, sorry, semi final. Yeah, it was a semi final. You weren't playing. Where were you? No, it was my fortieth birthday. I was in a posh restaurant having dinner. Slumped in a gutter. And someone someone said <laughs> Andy said to me, Oh the Andy said to me, Oh, so semi on this on this day, can you make it? I was like, Oh man. So I can't. It's like my fortieth, we're going to restaurant twenty seven, the nicest and I said, you beat him anyway. It's, it's, I'll see you in the final. And you know what? It, everything went wrong. I remember Why what, did you what, say that out loud? You I was confident. You I put a really, hex on it. I we could really have beat confident. them. We should really have confident. beat them. And I remember one of our really good forwards, he he, he walked in and um, he was crying. It's like, like, Joe, what's up? And he's like, my girlfriend just dumped me in the car outside. It's wow. like... Oh, right, so my warm-up, I didn't have a single shot in the warm-up, neither did Joe, and I was, like, consoling him after his breakup. So I went into the, you know, both of us went in starting five. I hadn't taken a single shot. But the reason everyone always remembers this game is because we were up by seven, and there was about 20 seconds left. So we were all like, right, this is in the bag. They'd just scored. We're up by seven. And we had a guy called, um, I can't remember his surname, but it's Rokas, Lithuanian Ses player. Seskovekius. He, he was a very Look good three-point shooter. So I think he plays for Portsmouth Jam now. Yeah. And um, he had come back and he inbounded the ball to them and they shot a three, bam, went in. 
he inbounded the ball again. They got the ball of us from his inbound. Three, bam. And same again. Third, I mean, Rokas gets the ball. No, I'm steal. Just, I'm just We're down it, by two. I'm throwing it out there. Throw it out there. You've you done it one time. Dude, you made a mistake. What are you doing? That's a, that's Three a, times. That's a shocker. Second time round. Dude, you're sitting on the bench and someone else please inbound that ball. Why Why is he doing it a third time? Yeah, it was three steals and three threes and they were up by two points. And at that point, we called a timeout and there was... Good idea. <laughs> I'd have subbed <laughs> myself done, off. <laughs> done after the first one. Um, but we then... Um, ten seconds were left. Um, in fairness to... Trez at that point I think they just played exceptional defence for those 10 seconds and we put up a really poor shot though the shot we did put up was on the 11 foot ring because they've got one ring that's 10 foot one ring that's 11 foot so to be fair they still had to hit some big threes as well yeah but um, you know what I don't know if you know this but there was a because in, in those days we were sponsored by Nando's mm. and the Nando's mascot is a massive chicken, chicken. He was out. The chicken was outside. Do you know this? No. Um, the chicken was outside with a couple of guys from Nando's ready to open the door, and the chicken was going to run in. Like, yeah, we're in the final, and run on the court. And um, we lost. And the guy goes, "Is the chicken coming in?" No. <laughs> we just lost by two points. No. Send the chicken to the oven. <laughs> the, chi the chicken got sent back to the chicken. Go room. to the oven. But you're just sitting there in a change room with this guy in a chicken outfit going, oh, oh, it could have been so much better. Like a David Brent. Wow. That wasn't Timmy in the costume, was it? Uh, it he definitely loved, wasn't. He'd have loved that. I can remember Andy telling me about this game. And he said to me, I don't think I slept a wink that night. He said, I was so sure we were in the final. I mean, two inbounds getting stolen. Should never happen. That's like that's criminal. Yeah, I mean, you do have Unless those the opposite team has got about. Tracy McGrady. You seen that clip? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone watching Google team Matt? How many, how many points did he score? Like nine points in... 11, no, I think it was 13 points 13, in 20-something yeah. seconds. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I think he's playing for the Rockets, isn't he? Yeah, Rockets yeah. versus Spurs, yeah. from what I remember. And he brings... And he hits some tough shots there, some big threes, because they're in his face. It wasn't like... It was NBA defense. That's the most incredible short clip of basketball you could watch. Yeah. So that ends this episode of the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. Part two of this interview will be coming out in 24 hours. So tune in for that one. But until then, Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you so, so much for your support. Till then, bye-bye.